Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Roundtable. Uh, We're starting this. It's a new feature uh, for 2022. We bring in uh, writers from an opposing site. Uh, today, we're joined by Alexander Kai and Zach Leslie from Armchair, Illinois. Guys, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Yo, yo, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah, for real. Glad to be here. Uh, so Indiana opens up on Friday, September 2nd against Illinois. Illinois does have a game and a win under their belt as they beat Wyoming in week zero, 38 to six, uh, behind a terrific performance uh, behind uh, Chase Brown. Uh, we'll get to know the Illini. Uh, the Illini fans will get to know Indiana a little bit. So uh, let's kick it off, uh, guys. First of all, um, you know, what – what should IU uh, and Illinois fans take away from that week zero game against, uh, against Wyoming? Yeah. So it's really hard to take away much, you know, Wyoming's not that great of an opponent. Um, they had a lot of attrition. They're a very young team. Um, they come from a pretty weak conference in the mountain West and, you know, they lost pretty much all their best players to either the NFL draft or a power five school. So really hard to take anything away other than, you know, Illinois did what they should have done. They, um, started off a little bit rough in the first half, but in the second half, they really kicked it up. Um, they're only up, I believe 17 to six in the third quarter, but, um, excuse me. Syracuse transfer quarterback Tommy DeVito really found his rhythm second half you know kicked it up a notch obviously Chase Brown was amazing all game um, and then they ran away with it 38 to 6 um, you know the offense looked pretty vanilla from what we saw um, I think they were trying to keep the playbook close to the vest as they prepare for this week because it is a must-win game for them in my opinion and the defense looked really good you know they continued their um, really good stretch of play under new defensive coordinator Ryan Walters so overall hard to take away much um, but it was good to see the Illini just do their job um, in a very very winnable game. Yeah and we had a, a Wyoming beat reporter on our Twitter space uh, about a week ago And he was expecting the game to be very close. I think he said uh, four to seven point uh, kind of, you know, differential between the two teams. And obviously it was much greater than that. So I was pleasantly surprised that it was 38 to six, given the Wyoming side that we had heard from uh, a few days earlier. And I think Alex hit a lot of uh, really, really good points. Defense looked great. Offense looked pretty similar to how it looked in 2021, just in the sense it's very run heavy, very Chase Brown centric um, but Tommy DeVito did get going in the second half a little bit, but, but yeah. Uh, t- talk about Tommy DeVito a little bit. Uh, he's coming over from Syracuse. Uh, he completed over 70% of his passes uh, for under 200 yards, though. Uh, was that just a product of design? Was Wyoming taking away the deep shot? Uh, or is this how Illinois' passing offense is going to be? Yeah, I think the, the truth in that is probably somewhere in the middle. I, I think uh, Brett Bielema and 
uh, Barry Lunny kind of talked after the game about, you know, they were just kind of taking what Wyoming was giving them. And that happened to be a lot of uh, check downs to the running backs or wide receiver screens and stuff like that. Like you said, those kind of like five yard completions. Um, so I think Wyoming was trying to take some stuff away, the, the deep shot. Uh, but I also don't think uh, Illinois' game plan was to take many deep shots. So I think the truth of, of what you're saying there is kind of in the middle. I think, um, you know, Wyoming schemed a little bit to take away a, a deep shot, but I also uh, don't think Illinois was really trying to scheme many deep shots open. So it's kind of somewhere in the middle there. But Yeah, definitely agree with that. I think the big thing that Coach Luddy and, and Bielema wanted to do was establish DeVito. I think because it's been one, obviously it's first game, new offense for all the guys, but um, Tommy DeVito hasn't played substantial minutes in about three years since I believe 2019. So I think they really just wanted to establish his confidence. Um, you know, in his Syracuse highlights, the the arms there, but it has been three years since we've, we've seen that kind of production from him. He's dealt with injuries the last two years. So um, like Zach, Zach said, kind of in between. Um, it was a little worrisome to see some throws that he missed, especially in the first half. But, um, you know, he's going to have to make those throws um, if the Illini want to win this Friday. All right. It, it, we've, we've talked about Illinois last week. Um, Nate, let's tur- turn it to IU for a little bit. This is a game that we as a site have been talking about since – Oh, probably the Maryland loss last year, except it was Northwestern and then all the schedules changed. But as our our friends from Armchair Illini have said, it is a must-win game. And I believe for IU as well, it is a must-win game. What what are these stakes for the Hoosiers going into this one? Yeah, yeah, obviously it's really just turning around what we saw last year and kind of deciding if what we saw in 2019 and 2020 from IU is the normal under Tom Allen or if what we saw last year is the normal under Tom Allen. Cause you know, we, we came in last year with such high expectations and really uh, like had the highest preseason ranking that we ever had really looked good kind of towards the beginning of the season. I, I still think like we could have won that Cincinnati game. Um, and then really just the, the season spiraled on us. So we've kind of seen how important those very, early games in the season can be of you go back to the 2020 year where Penix was able to beat Penn state in that very first game. And it changed the momentum of the entire season. And then you look this past year and you had those early losses early on and momentum was very quickly turned and it, it can really affect your whole entire season. It can affect the mentality of a team. We've seen how much culture and the mentality of a team can change under Tom Allen and, and, coaches that we've had in the past so it, it's it's extremely important yeah it, it's a game that you know feeling the vibes around IU around the fan base uh and, and around the program it, it's a game that yeah you're right momentum and all those good vibes that were from 2020 ended in about the first three minutes against Iowa after a, a long touchdown run and a, and a pick six but it, it's going to be it, it's a big game for both programs I think um, let's go to the Illinois side of it. You called it a, a must win game is, um, talk about why it's a must win game for, for the Illini. Yeah. Illinois wants to make a bowl game this year. And I like every team, they, they want to make the bowl game, but there's a sense of urgency here. Um, this is year two for Brett Bielema. Um, and 
you got to make substantial progress early on, especially for a school like Illinois. Um, you know, otherwise the sell and recruiting kind of goes dead. And Brett Bielema has shown a huge urgency um, to do so, um, which I think every coach obviously should. But um, he fired his good friend, offensive coordinator, Tony Peterson, after one season um, where the offense was arguably the reason that we didn't make a bowl game last year. We went five and seven. Uh, two or three of those games were in our grasp, but the offense just couldn't do literally anything. So Bielma really wants to make a bowl game. And to do that this year, um, Illinois has made it seem like rocket science, but it really isn't that hard to win six games. Um, and to do that, you got to win the the winnable games and your non-conference games. Um, there's a chance to go 3-0 in the non-conference. Um, Illinois plays Chattanooga um, along with Wyoming, which are which is very um, easy for them. And then they play Virginia Cavaliers, who, who lost a good amount. So the opportunity to go 3-0 is there, but you got to win the toss-up non-conference games, including Indiana, um, teams like Minnesota, Purdue, Northwestern. You have to beat those, um, especially when you have teams like Michigan at the big house, um, you know, you have Iowa, Wisconsin on the schedule. Those aren't games that you're likely going to win. So um, if you want to make a bowl game, you got to get to six. And um, Indiana is one of those games that you just have to have. Yeah, I think most Illini fans are hoping that this season starts 4-0. I think when the schedule came out, um, you know, we had Wyoming, then Indiana, and then uh, Chattanooga and Virginia as, as those first four games. And I think most Illinois fans are, um, thinking this could be a special season if they start 4-0 and only have to win two of the remaining games to make a bowl game. And maybe you win one or two more games than that, and you're looking at a 7-5 and five season. And Brett Bielema hasn't really uh, tempered expectations when he talks about this team. So I think um, most Illinois fans are really hoping that this season uh, starts really, really well. I think Alex and I would both say three and one is probably most likely, um, but hoping that, you know, four and oh is, is the start to the season and that um, the season could be potentially a pretty special one. So guys, thanks again for doing this. Uh, I'll just jump in here quick. Obviously we talked about it at the beginning of the show, maybe didn't learn a ton from the Wyoming game. Uh, like we said, Wyoming pretty decimated, more of a rebuilding year. Um, but offensively for Illinois, uh, I think 12 different guys had a reception. If you count the rushers, I think there were four other ones. So 16 guys had a touch on offense. Is that week zero or is that something that we might see this weekend? Is it, are we still battling for spots or is it truly a let's rotate as many playmakers and as much depth as possible? And then my second part, is that going to be enhanced with Josh McCray already being announced out, which is a huge bummer because he's one of my favorite players in the conference? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think, you know, Brett Bielema said after the game Saturday that he was very pleased with um, how many wide receivers uh, got touches and how many people were involved in the offense. I do think um, – I sorry to answer it this way again, but I think it's kind of a balance of the two things. Um, I think it was a week zero – uh, kind of thing where a lot of people got to touch the ball against a weaker um, opponent. We'll see if they're able to scheme their guys open when competition gets harder and how many of those guys will be open against big 10 teams as they were against Wyoming's past Saturday. Um, I think that that'll, that'll play a huge part. I think you will see some shrinkage in the amount of people who are getting touches, especially the, the wide receivers. Um, but I do think a few, 
uh, a few wide receivers emerged on Saturday that we weren't necessarily sure how they were going to perform, whether it's Brian Hightower, who um, kind of proved to be a reliable third down conversion guy for Tommy DeVito when Illinois really needed one. Pat Bryant also stepped up and uh, caught some nice, nice passes as well. So there were a couple guys who I think stood out and gave most Illinois fans more confidence in this receiving group than we had coming into last week, because I think most Illinois fans before last week would tell you that wide receiver may have been one of their concerns just with the depth there. It was Isaiah Williams and then what else? And uh, we, we think we might have seen the what else on Saturday, but I do think that the, the wide receiver pool will shrink a little bit as Big Ten play starts just because it's going to be harder uh, for them to get open. And um, Tommy DeVito might find his favorite targets as the season goes along. He really wasn't keyed in on anybody this first this first week, but uh, we'll see if that changes going forward. And I think for the running game, you know, in terms of McCurry being out, you know, Bielema said today that he wants to have at least three wide or three running backs ready to go. So um, obviously before this, it was going to be Chase Brown for sure. And then Josh McCurry. And then, you know, one of either Reggie Love, um, you know, highly touted freshman Aiden Lawfrey or super senior Chase Hayden. So um, with McCray out, it jumps to, you know, that same three. Um, Aiden Lawfrey wasn't available this first week, but he's a highly touted speedy running back, um, kind of different than what kind of the polar opposite of what Josh McCray brings. Um, so I do think it will be a little bit more of what Zach was saying with the wide receivers, but um, given McCray's injury, I do think it might um, definitely zone in more on Chase Brown um, with a couple of those guys getting a few carries here and there. I'll, I'll jump in with a question too, also for you guys, just because I've kind of wondered this. So we just had a story on, on the IU side of things break about an hour ago of we released the the media guide, but it does not include a depth chart because we've been very secretive about who we want, I guess, what we want to know of for our opponent for this very first game because it's we think it's that important. How, how would you guys say you've balanced the, we wanted a week zero game so that we can kind of get ready, but also we have now four quarters of film to kind of go off of, of what we should expect to see on Friday. Yeah, I mean, I've watched the Wyoming highlights about four times just to see if there's anything more to take a, take away from it. So um, I want to say there's things to take away, but I also feel like, you know, just given the situation, there's probably not too much to take away from it. Um, but I do think, you know, from a foundation point of view, um, they're going to rely heavily on Chase Brown. They're going to rely heavily on these quick hitters um, as opposed to taking big, big shots down the field with Tommy DeVito. Um, I think they like what they have in Brian Howard, Hightower and Casey Washington to be those move the chains kind of guys. Um, and I think in terms of the defense, um, they have a very, very athletic secondary. So I think they're going to try to play to that. Obviously with Devin Witherspoon, um, you know, Quan, Quan Martin was amazing on, on Saturday. So they're going to use those two guys to their advantage um, in terms of, you know, in depth X's and O's, it's really hard to say, you know, will they consistently bring a four band front? Um, you know, are they going to do a lot with um, the barge package that they did last year? You know, things like that. Um, but I do think the overall bread and butter, um, which again, is just running the football well, um, not beating yourself. And I think that's Brett Bielma ball, you know, dating back to his time at Wisconsin and then um, using an athletic secondary uh, to kind of make some plays for you and help you get the ball back. 
Yeah, I think uh, Alex makes a lot of good points there. Um, one thing I, I wanted to add is like, you know, most teams have years of of film on Chase Brown and and still can't stop him. Um, so I, I think Brett Bielema and, and Barry Lunny were like, okay, everyone's seen Chase Brown on film. Everybody knows he's great. Uh, so we'll rely on him to get us through Wyoming. I, I heard that he Chase Brown did not take a single hit and training camp and many of the practices leading up to this. So he's still kind of finding his feet a little bit too. And they just kind of trusted him that he'd be fine on Saturday. Um, so I do think uh, there will be some, uh, some wrinkles, um, especially maybe like the first drive of the game offensively for Illinois, they might show some stuff they didn't on Saturday, but uh, it's a Brett Bielema team at the end of the day, it's going to be chase Brown up the middle, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the day. So um, they definitely showed some stuff, but I, I do think that there, there's going to be some surprises, especially on that first kind of scripted series. Let's go uh, into the matchups a little bit um, and we'll go, which matchup, um, you know, we'll go what, what you're confident in, what you're worried about, and then maybe, as a, a football fan, which matchup you're excited to watch? Uh, so let's start with wh which matchup can Illinois take advantage of uh, um, on set on Friday night? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say um, if Indiana is thinking about throwing the ball anywhere near number 31 for Illinois, that is just a big mistake. Do not do it. No matter how open that receiver looks. He is not as open as he thinks he is. Um, Witherspoon is incredible and uh, was dominant last year and continued it with the, with the big interception on Saturday. And it's just one of those things like, why on earth are you throwing in his direction at all? Like pick on anybody else <laughs> except for him. So I feel pretty good about our secondary in, in general, but um, you know, Witherspoon is, is a beast uh, there at cornerback. Um, and we had some, some more defensive backs emerge uh, on Saturday, even after losing guys like Kirby Joseph last year. Um, you know, many people were wondering, is this defense going to be able to carry on the same level that they had last year, that they did last year? And uh, Witherspoon and, and company showed on, on Saturday that they're, they're still pretty legit and uh, will be a force to be reckoned with uh, on defense. So I would say defensive backs, I feel good about in general, but uh, just don't throw at Witherspoon. <laughs> In terms of the matchup that I think Indiana can really take care, um, take advantage of, um, interior offensive line is probably a huge weakness of Illinois. Um, Alex Pilstrom, former walk-on tight end, is the center. It's his first year at center, um, playing substantial minutes there. Um, and then they got two JUCO transfers, um, Isaiah Adams at the left guard and Zai Chrysler at the right guard. Um, who are talented prospects. They look the part, but, you know, it's their first time playing Big Ten football. It's their first time playing, you know, together with Julian Pearl, Alex Pelcheski, who are very experienced as well. So, um, Zai Chrysler really, really struggled. He even got benched midway through the game for, um, you know, a senior in Jordan Slaughter. So, um, I think that's an area where um, Indiana can really um, take advantage of. And Tommy DeVito, you know, he, he didn't get sacked, but he did get sacked a lot at Syracuse. So if there's anything to be worried about, I definitely think it's the interior defensive line. Um, and then special teams, I think Illinois struggled a little bit um, in terms of kicking field goals. So um, if Indiana can can bend but not break or, you know, limit Illinois to trying to kick field goals, especially past 35 yards, I think uh, Indiana could really take advantage in those situations. Yeah, just to, to piggyback off that a little bit, we uh... – had a couple drives going against Wyoming early, especially. 
that were just derailed by penalties specifically on that interior offensive line. So I do definitely agree with Alex in the sense that I think that's an area that Indiana uh, can can uh, kind of exploit and the kicker as well. Uh, he, our kicker, Caleb Griffin tried a 51 yarder on Saturday and it was, it was just real bad. So you might see Illinois go for it on fourth down. I like the 25 yard line. You're like, what are they doing? And it's because they can't kick. So he missed a 40 yarder too, right? Something like that inside 50, like a 42 yarder as well. Yeah, that one, that one was real close. The, the, the 51 yarder was just, was just horrendous. Yeah. Zach, Zach was at the game. I think he was saying that uh, the guy missed it by about 20 yards. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those. Uh, Nate, let's go to you on the IU side of things. Uh, we'll, we'll split these up. What, uh, what matchup are you most looking forward to that IU could take advantage of? And, and um, I'll cover which one probably keeps, keeps us up at night. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I was going to pop right off of what Alex had said of, I, I think Illinois interior offensive line kind of struggled last week. I mean, Chase Brown obviously like was able to rush a lot, but I kind of feel like when you get up against the athletes that we have compared to the athletes that Wyoming has, uh, one, I mean, one of IU's big question marks is replacing Michael McFadden. So there, there will be a, a little bit of the change in the front seven, but I feel like going after that, the center that you said is converted over from tight end and was just playing his first game. I know he had a couple of holding, holding penalties on Saturday. So I feel like attacking that and really limiting and forcing DeVito to beat us instead of Chase Brown to beat us is what I'm most excited to see. Yeah, Chase Brown um, worries me the most. He, he's a guy, he's dynamic. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, and it always seems like the other team's best player always beats IU. Um, maybe not recently, but he's a guy that um, – you know, if you're IU, you're scheming. You don't let Chase Brown beat you. Tommy DeVito throws for 400 yards. Sure, um, you know, let him throw for 400 yards, but don't let Chase Brown, you know, pop off for a couple hundred yards and another three touchdowns. Uh, IU has been good in that in the past. Kenneth Walker last year they held to um, way under 100 yards. I think his lowest output that they, outside of a kick return against Penn State, they they did well with Saquon Barkley. So they're good keying on that run game. Uh, but man, Chase, he's good. He's good, dude. He, he's, he's one of the top backs in the, in the, in the conference. And, um, you know, because he plays at Illinois and, you know, because some guys play at IU, they don't get the national coverage uh, like, like some schools in the big Ten. but he, he's really good. And, and he'll, uh, he'll keep IU fans up at, at night. Uh, we'll go back to Alex. Yeah, Zach. Oh, go ahead, Nate. Yeah, I was just gonna I was gonna add in. I, I feel like what scares me the most with him is honestly I the rushing will come, but I, I kind of trust Allen's rush defense. What I more fear is that I think it was like the second or third play of the game that you, you guys had this past weekend where he just got out in coverage. I think a linebacker was supposed to be on him, but no one really was on him and he was just wide open for a touchdown. Like him in the receiving game is what kind of scares me of having uh, our husky a linebacker a bolt someone on him and trying to cover him in space as a receiver that that will keep me up 
Yeah, I wrote about uh, my desire to see Chase Brown a bit more involved in the receiving game, knowing what Illinois likes to do and could be an easy he could be an easy outlet for Tommy DeVito as he looks to get going. One thing I, I think will be interesting, as you mentioned, like let Tommy DeVito beat you. I think a way that that could happen is if IU takes the lead first and um, Illinois has to play from behind. Um, I think that's uh, really where you might see Barry Lunny the first year offensive coordinator of this team maybe panic a little bit. I don't think Brett Bielema will, um, and he'd be real patient with the run game. But I do think if you can take the lead first and hold it for a little while, you might you might see Illinois start to panic a little bit offensively. But we'll see. Yeah, let's go, um, Zach and Alex. What's the matchup if you're a casual a football fan on Friday night tuning into Fox Sports 1? What's the matchup that, that you're looking for? You know, I really think that these are two pretty similar teams in terms of style. Um, they're going to try to slow the game down a little bit. I know Tom Allen has a big emphasis on defense. Um, I know that Brett Bielema also has that same emphasis as well. Um, and really con- controlling the tempo of the game and try to play on their own terms. Um, like Zach was saying, if Indiana jumps out to an early lead, I'm really interested to see what Barry Lonnie decides to do, because I do think that early touchdown that we had against Wyoming really, really benefited them. And it really allowed Tommy DeVito to sort of settle in a little bit, make some mistakes um, and sort of get his feet wet, especially after being out for so long. So um, I'm really interested to see who makes the first move or who throws the first punch, so to speak. Um, Does Illinois come out? you know, win the toss, get a good return, get Chase Brown going for a touchdown, or um, does it kind of stall out or Indiana comes out hot? You know, that's the biggest thing that I'm looking for because I do think who scores first will really determine the the tone of the rest of the game. Yeah, and knowing the IU fan base, if they get behind early, it's going to be a, uh uh-oh, here we go again. I don't know how it is with Illinois. Same here. Um, But – I don't know if Big Ten didn't have their mic mics up or what, but it looked like a good crowd on TV, but it didn't sound like a, it looked like it was a good crowd. But it, it's you you guys know as well as I do uh, if the uh, if Illinois scores first, they'll take the air out of Memorial Stadium, and um, you know if IU scores first, they'll they'll grab the momentum and and gain some confidence. Um, go ahead with. Did, did you both give your, your matchups that you wanted to watch? So. Yeah, we both got some antsy fan bases on a side note. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, we do. Uh, Nate, let's go to you. As a uh, casual fan, who are you tuning in to, to see play against each other? Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go IU-centric with who, who I'm tuning in to see. And I, I really just want to see who starts at quarterback for us. Uh, we've got the Tuttle experience guy that, like, We've seen the highs of highs of I always go back to that Wisconsin game and the empty stadium, the COVID year of just like him completely gritting out that victory. And I remember he got injured at part of the game, went back to the locker room. He came back out and it was just uh, there was no crowd there. And even if there was a crowd there, they wouldn't be cheering for Tuttle. But it, it just seemed like that Disney movie moment where he came running out of the tunnel and he had been cleared from concussion protocol and I was like, yes, we've, we've got our guy back. And we ended up winning on the road at Wisconsin, which was just wild. And then we've got, we've got the unknown of the, the SEC freshman of the year, a couple of years ago of Connor. And I, I 
I think he could be great. I really don't know what to see, what we're going to see from him, but uh, they've, they've kept it quiet in camp. They've kept it quiet from media, from fans, from everyone. So I, I that's what I'm most excited to see. I, I hope if we win the coin toss that we elect to receive just because I want to see who runs out on the field for that first play. Well, uh, they, we won't receive the kick. Um, that's just not time. I know we never play. will, but um, I, if know, we did, from, we'd take a touchback too. Or yeah. fair catch. Man, you guys sound like Illinois fans. <laughs> <laughs> we are very similar. We got Memorial Stadium's Assembly Hall, or you have the State Farm Center now, but we're, we're on the same page. Um, for me, it's I, I want to see like a healthy Tywin Mullen and all the guys who got hurt last year come back uh, and, and play well. Um, you know, maybe a Tywin Mullen. Uh, Isaiah Williams matchup in the secondary would be fun to watch as an individual matchup. And then seeing Cam Jones and, and Chase Brown uh, matchup, you know, Cam Jones is Indiana stinger linebacker. Uh, he's key to stopping the run game uh, and seeing those two go at it uh, w- would be pretty fun. Um, I, I, we could do predictions, but I'm going to guess that Alex and Zach are going to pick Illinois to win and Nate and I are going to pick Indiana to win. So, um, you know, maybe uh, give, you know, one final thing you're looking forward to as IU starts uh, and Illinois starts Big Ten play uh, for the rest of the, the 2022 season. Yeah, I, I want to make a point about Isaiah Williams. I know you mentioned him. They did some pretty interesting things with him, I thought, on on Saturday. Um, I think most Illinois fans were frustrated a little bit last year with how they chose to use Isaiah Williams as a wide receiver. Um, Brandon Peters had kind of zeroed in on him uh, throughout the year. Um, but Barry Lunny basically uh, refused to have him in one-on-one matchups with defensive backs they did a lot of wide receiver screens with him to basically say hey here's the ball in space go do something with it and they did that a lot on Saturday we'll see if that continues um, on Friday night but I'm interested to see how Barry Lunny offensive coordinator kind of schemes Isaiah Williams open and if it will be kind of throwing it to him in the backfield and just tell him to go make something of it and break a few tackles and see what happens or if they will uh, try to take some more shots with him and, and do something a little different. But um, I, I'm glad you mentioned Isaiah Williams because I, I think it, it was pretty interesting how they used him this past weekend. And I think it'll be interesting to see how they kind of choose to to use him this coming weekend too. So, And, and he's good to go this weekend, right? It was just cramps uh, yeah. that he was out yeah. for. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead, Alex. Yeah, to – kind of just give my prediction honestly it may surprise you but i'm actually picking indiana to win oh wow um, i just you know i've been here as an illinois fan i'm sure you guys probably feel the same vice versa um in a must-win game you know hype build up from week one or week zero for us um i just for some reason i'm just used to illinois kind of falling short and you know on the road I do think Indiana is going to come out throw the first punch, which ultimately will tell the tale um, of Illinois not being able to, you know, get anything going from the passing game. I wasn't a hundred percent convinced, like some other some of the other fans about Tommy DeVito. Um, think he showed a little bit of inaccuracy that I that kind of worries me for a Big Ten game. Um, so I'm not very confident. I do know it's a must-win game, but 
Um, I think it's the jaded Illinois football fan kind of speaking right now where I say Illinois probably falls short. Um, and I think it's going to be a low scoring game, but I think it's going to be one of those, you know, 21 to 17 kind of games that um, Indiana pulls out. But I'm hopeful because, like I said, Illinois needs this game if they really want to make a bowl game this year. Yeah, some people uh, in, in, the, in the fan base call us pessimists. I just uh, would call us realists. Um, but uh, the one thing that's kind of given me hope and in, in my kind of prediction, I do think Illinois will will pull it out only because I think they played really well on the road last year, um, a lot better than they did at home. They really struggled uh, in Champaign, but, you know, beat Penn State in nine overtimes last year. Um, and there were a couple other moments last year, too, on the road where they uh, were much better than they were at home. I mean, just interested to see if that continues um, and if their strong road play uh, kind of kind of rolls on in, in 2022. So I saw that Indiana is about a three-point favorite right now, and I saw some Illinois fans that were mad about that, like we're underdogs. I'm like, they're not going to put a, a five and seven team from last year as favorites on the road in the Big Ten. Like, that's just not going to happen. So uh, I, I do think it'll be close, but uh, I, I'll say Illinois, Illinois will pull it out, but um, I also wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way too. So. Yeah, I, I expect a close game, and anytime you get a, a close spread like that, home field does come into to effect. And usually, home field's worth around you know two or three points, so it's kind of a pick 'em game to to give your Illinois fans kind of a breather. Um, but Nate, you know, going into this, uh, what, what's your pick for the game? I I, I will agree with Alex. I I do think that IU is going to pull this one out. I I think home field actually will have a big part of it. I saw the Indiana on the road for the very first game against a Big Ten opponent last year, and I saw how that went, and it was not good. Um, But I I think being at home under the lights, just kind of, I don't know, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. It seems like a different attitude around the team this year. Um, Hopefully they've kind of figured out that, like, the preseason hype doesn't really matter that much and it's actually what you do on the field that matters so I'm thinking they come out kind of ticked off with how everyone has talked about them for the last year and hopefully show out I I think it will be close but I I think IU pulls it out yeah I agree there I think it's going to be like a sneaky good game not one that you're looking at the at at your game sheet going oh I got to tune into this one but one you know by midway through the first quarter uh, it's a close one. It, it's a power conference game. And, you know, unfortunately, IU and Illinois don't play all that much anymore. Um, but it, it should be a good rivalry game. And I, I, I've been dying for them to, to play annually uh, and things like that since we're, we're so close and, pro, uh, you know, proximity wise uh, and all those things. But I do think, you know, I, the feel around IU camp is, is a lot different than it was last year. There's a more of a sense of purpose, not resting on their laurels. Um, but it's going to be a close one and I think it's going to be a good game. And, and maybe it's one of those games for, for either team that you'll see pop up in the summer on BTN on, you know, one of those 2022, uh, classic games. So, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to take the, the Hoosiers in a close one. Uh, I do think it'll come down to field goal kicking as well. Um, you know, Charles Campbell is, you know, is one of the best kickers in the conference. He did struggle last year, but I, I'm going to take the Hoosiers. Uh, anyway, Zach and, and Alex, thanks for joining us. Tell uh, tell fans where, where they could uh, find you on the internet. 
Yeah, so you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Armchair Illini. We do a lot over there. We also just launched a website about a month ago, and we've been writing articles like crazy over there. Um, a lot of coverage on this football team. Alex just posted an article yesterday uh, for our latest top 50 basketball commit. Um, I know both of us, uh, IU, Illinois, there's a lot of a lot of basketball to go around during this time too. So uh, we're kind of covering all bases there at armchairillini.com. And we have a podcast of our own called the Armchair Illini Podcast. And you can follow us and listen to us and read us at all those places. So, All right. Well, thank you, guys. If you are coming down to Bloomington, enjoy your time. If you need any recommendations, uh, reach out on Twitter. Uh, but we appreciate it. Uh, we enjoyed the roundtable. Hopefully we can do this again. Uh, Nate, thank you very much as well. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Uh, at HoosierHuddle.com as well. We'll have everything uh, pre-game-wise leading up to the game. Uh, IU and Illinois kick off at 8 o'clock Eastern uh, in Memorial Stadium in Bloomington on Fox Sports 1. Uh, guys, enjoy the game. Good luck the rest of the season uh, as well. Um, and uh, we'll see you again. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. This is awesome. It, Hopefully we do this again. Thanks. Yeah, this is fun. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.